Yo, welcome everyone to episode zero, the premiere episode of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Some of you guys may know me from Geekly Dose. Uh, it's a podcast I used to host for about two years uh, where we talked about geek things and movies and comic books and TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, most of you probably know me from Republic City Report. It's a uh, Legend of Korra podcast. So if you were fans of that show, Legend of Korra, which is, of course, the uh, successor to Avatar The Last Airbender, I hosted that show. Um, I have to say that that was probably the most popular thing I've ever done. And if you know anything about me, you know that I've made many things throughout my lifetime. I'm a pretty creative guy. I have a YouTube channel. If you want to look me up on there, Tim Bridgewater Geek. Uh, also Tim Dog 326 I'm in the middle of a name change there but if you type in either one of those you should get that channel it's kind of been inactive for a while but I'm currently in the process of preparing to revamp that entire thing and relaunch it with all new reviews higher production value uh, more creative content you know if you go in there you can find a little bit of everything I just I'm just kind of like this guy who likes to make stuff so if you're interested in checking that out make sure you go check that out but certainly I'd have to say that um, out of all the, like I said, all the things that I've made, Republic City Report was probably the most popular, and I, I got the most love and respect uh, and positive feedback from that podcast. So it kind of motivated me to do it again because if you listen to Republic City Report, you know I've mentioned a couple of times that I'm actually a massive Dragon Ball fan, um, Dragon Ball Z more specifically. So hey, when I find out they're, you know, after so many years, they were doing a new Dragon Ball show. Of course, I had to consider the possibility of doing a podcast about it. Now, honestly, I did not uh, did make this decision until about a week ago. Uh, and, then, and we're about a week away from the premiere of Dragon Ball Super on Cartoon Network. Um, so I didn't really have much time to figure this out. You know, I kind of decided last minute, you know, I think I'm going to give this thing a shot. Um, because if, if, if it's half as appreciated um, as Republic City Report was, then it'll be worth it in the end. So hopefully you guys will enjoy and get a kick out of this. Now, with that being said, the first thing I want to say here is that I <laughs> I, I apologize for the decline in quality here, because if you're used to listen to Republic City Report, you're probably used to a certain level of quality. And a lot of things have happened in my life since uh, I ended that podcast. Um, I'm kind of in sort of, I'm actually moved across the country for one thing, but I'm actually kind of sort of in a temporary, uh, living situation right now. So I don't have all of my gear. Um, I don't have the setup that I had when I was doing Republic City Report. This is more of a mobile sort of a setup. So hopefully it doesn't sound too much like shit. And, uh, I apologize for that. Now, with that being said, I just said the word shit. So guess what? This podcast is going to be explicit. Um, if you listen to Republic City Report, it was a very family-friendly sort of a podcast because, well, The Legend of Korra was a very family-friendly sort of a show. I mean, it aired on Nickelodeon. There was always a possibility that there would be uh, some kids that would come upon the show and um, the show meaning my, my podcast. But you know what? With Dragon Ball, hell, most of the people that I know personally that that are that watch Dragon Ball, they actually grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and they're adults. So I feel like it's OK for me to just kind of, you know, not worry about that kind of stuff here. Uh, so there will be some, you know, profanity every now and then that'll pop up. I'm not too crazy with it, but, you know, it <laughs> that's your warning. It may happen uh, occasionally.
And also, of course, if you if you listen to Republic City Report, uh, you know, the format for that show was uh, very unique in the sense that it was just me for every episode, just talking about the episodes as they aired. Uh, eventually, I did start taking emails. I will be taking emails here for this or um, comments or whatever for this podcast also. Um, but for the most part, that was, that was, it was just me by myself. There was no co-host, which I was a little bit worried about because coming off of Geekly Dose, I was so used to having other people there to bounce conversation off of and stuff like that. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised at how, um, well Republic City Report did and people actually still liked it, even though it was just kind of me talking the whole time. Um, so as of right now, I'm not going to say hundred percent that Rock the Dragon is going to be that way. Um, I can say that most of the episodes will probably be just me, but at some point I would like to get, uh, maybe a, a co-host, uh, guest more, more so like guest, bring guests on the show to talk about the episodes and things like that. So there's going to be a lot of evolving throughout this show, uh, not only production wise, but in terms of me having someone else to come and discuss stuff with. Uh, you will notice that at some point the quality will improve here that I promise you. I'm just kind of working on getting everything set up and stabilized. And uh, instead of just waiting until I was ready to do it, I decided to just go ahead and just try to get this up now, even if it's sort of in a primitive sort of a way, because uh, I don't want to get behind. I want to start off with from the very beginning, because if you listen once again, I'm going to reference Republic City Report a lot. So I'm sorry if that's kind of annoying, but uh it's it's kind of a frame of reference for um, people who haven't listened and people who have listened. Um, so if you listen to Republic City Report, then you know that I actually started that podcast during the second season of the show. Um, because I, even though I did watch the first season of Legend of Korra, I just didn't. I don't know for some reason I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think about doing a podcast for it until the second season came along. So in order to not kind of have a, a, you know, like a repeat of that, I wanted to just come on and try to try to get on uh, at the very beginning of Dragon Ball Super. Of course, it's not actually the beginning because, well, we as most of us know, the show has been out for, you know, I don't know, maybe like 70 episodes or something like that in Japan already. <laughs> so it's really it's only new in America now in the United States, the English version of it. Um, so I wanted to be at least on time for that. So, yeah, I'm going to reference Republic City Report every now and then just to kind of compare and contrast the difference the differences between that show and this one. So I can hopefully better explain some things. But with that, I'm saying all this to say that, um, you know, if you hear something in the background, just please forgive me. <laughs> Ignore that. The, the quality will improve. It will get back to Republic City Report level uh, or even higher than that at, at some point. Now, since I just kind of mentioned it, I, I, ha I do have to say this. Um, I'm very much aware that Dragon Ball Super has been out for a, a while in Japan. Uh, I did not watch any of that. None of it, even though it was kind of hard. It was hard for me to, to, to avoid it. But, you know, I'm just such a big fan of the Funimation English dub. You know, that's the version that I grew up watching. So I just didn't want to really watch anything else because I always knew that at some point we would get an English dub. And come on, right? I mean, if, if, if I'm going to watch Vegeta and Goku on screen again, I want it to be Christopher Sabat and Sean Schimmel. You know, like that's just the epitome of that. That is the idealized version of these characters for me now. So 
when I experienced it for the first time, I wanted to be that. Now, with that being said, you know, we I may get some people who come over to this show that have been watching the Japanese version this entire time. Totally fine. Great. Awesome. Happy to have you guys. Please do not spoil it for me, though. Okay, don't spoil it. Don't send me an email with spoilers in it. Do not leave shit on the Facebook page, which I'll give you that information in a little bit. Uh, that'll spoil it because, well, I haven't gotten to that point. And let me tell you something. It's already been hard enough avoiding spoilers. I've already been sort of spoiled. I mean, like I know at some point Goku has a doppelganger that he fights. I know that there's certain levels of, of, of Super Saiyan and powers that he's going to reach. There's certain characters that come back. And these are all things that I, you know, I just couldn't avoid because I liked the Dragon Ball Z Facebook page on Facebook a long time ago. So Facebook likes to advertise shit to me now that spoils Dragon Ball Super. Uh, so I'm going to try my hardest to not get spoiled. And I'm certainly not going to spoil anything for you guys. You know, if I happen to stumble upon something on accident that you don't know. This podcast is about the English dub, Funimation dub of Dragon Ball Super. Okay, not the Japanese one. Um, and even though I'm sure it's great, like I said, that the Funimation version is just my ideal version. Now, since I'm mentioning that, uh, I want to take a, a quick minute to explain the title of the podcast because not everyone, everyone may not know exactly what Rock the Dragon means. Uh, if you were one of many people like me who first got into Dragon Ball Z, uh, probably somewhere around the early 2000s when it first started to, um, debut on Toonami on the Cartoon Network, uh, you know that the first original English dub of this show, um, the intro sequence came on with a song called Rock the Dragon. It was Dragon, Dragon, Rock the Dragon, Dragon Ball Z, right? Uh, I'm actually going to play that. Uh, you know what? Let me just play that right now and listen to it so that you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so if you grew up watching Dragon Ball Z from the very, sort of the very beginnings of its um, American debut, then that song's always going to be stuck in your head, right? That's always going to be associated with this show. So I decided to call it that. Now, eventually, that changed, right? Like, later on, um, first of all, I don't want to get too deep into this, but there was there was two different dubs for Dragon Ball Z, okay? And initially, there was a group, I believe, called the Ocean Group that did all the dubs. So it did all the music, all the voices, the intro sequence and all that stuff. Later on, Funimation decided to just hire their own actors and do everything in-house. So that's when we got Christopher Sabat, Sean Schimmel, and now, you know, the versions of these characters that have become the quintessential voice actors, that's when that happened. But if you watched in the beginning, there was completely different voice actors and music and all that stuff. Rock the Dragon was the intro sequence from the original one. Now, even though I certainly prefer the Funimation in-house dub, 
uh, Rock the Dragon is just always going to have a part of my heart. <laughs> so I'm very partial to that song. And so that's, I decided to call the podcast that because, um, you know, it's just, I've always loved that song and I've always rocked the dragon. I mean, that's like the coolest fucking phrase ever. And not only that, uh, some of you guys that have been my YouTube subscribers, you know, that I also have a tattoo. I have a tattoo of Shinron, the eternal dragon on my arm and all seven dragon balls. Um, so I've been rocking the dragon on my body for years. So it kind of takes on a double meaning in that way. So I decided with Rock the Dragon would be a pretty cool thing. Even though, like I said, Rock the Dragon has nothing to do with Dragon Ball Super, okay? And it was different dub group, but still, it's still a cool last name. So I decided to go with that. Now, the reason why this is episode zero and not episode one of the podcast, well, is because I, the show hasn't started yet, right? I haven't watched it, so I can't talk about <laughs> I can't talk about it, but... What I like to do, and I did the exact same thing with Republic City Report, is for the very first episode, is I want to talk about how we got to this point. I want to talk about what came before, because can you talk about Dragon Ball Super without acknowledging Dragon Ball Z? And I feel like you can't, right? And I, I want to give a little bit of background and everything like that, so you understand exactly where I'm coming from in my history with this franchise and why I love it so much, and, and, and I feel like it'll give you better insight of everything going into Dragon Ball Super. So episode zero is just really a lot of preliminary stuff. I'm getting a lot of the preliminary sort of things out of the way, you know, setting the rules and expectations. You know, there's no rules and expectations here, but <laughs> just a lot of the guidelines, I guess, for this podcast and how things are going to be and getting a lot of the explanatory stuff out of the way now so that in the future, you know, we can just jump right into the episode, get to the emails and start talking. Okay, so let's kind of jump into this thing and start to unpack this a little bit. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk a little bit about my history with Dragon Ball Z, how this began. I'm sure many of you will be able to relate to this. Um, I'm not going to say how old I am because that's kind of irrelevant here. But <laughs> I will say that uh, I, I began watching Dragon Ball Z when I was probably a sophomore in high school. Okay, so this was sort of the height of... Um, well, it wasn't the height of its popularity here in the States, but it's it was kind of getting to that point. Uh, I remember very clearly, and I, I did mention this a couple of times on Republic City Report, um, that in the beginning, I didn't like Dragon Ball Z. I, I had a friend that started watching it and, and he showed me an episode and I was like, this is the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen in my life because I wasn't used to seeing that kind of animation and the the way the characters were drawn and animated. And it was just weird to me. I thought all the characters had big ears and they just looked weird, right? Because I mean, unless you like watch a lot of anime, you're not really used to that type of style. And at the time, I, you know, I, I wasn't watching a ton of anime. The, the biggest anime I've ever really gotten into for the most part is Dragon Ball Z. So I was used to more traditional American style animation and characters, and they just didn't really look like that. You know, they weren't that over-exaggerated in those ways. Uh, so, you know, I, look, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the smartest person on the planet, okay? I've made some dumb decisions, and, and in the beginning, I did, I, did, I did not like Dragon Ball Z uh, just because of things like that. But, you know word kind of started to spread a little bit and as i sat down and found myself watching the show i just started to fall in love with it and it would be you know it became this thing to where you know at the time um since since the original dragon ball z had you know has been around since the 80s i believe uh 
it's not like it is now where, you know, it was not like it is like it was with Legend of Korra, where every episode was a weekly thing. You had to wait for it and nobody had seen them before. I mean, Dragon Ball Z was a show that had been around for a couple of decades. Um, so Cartoon Network was able to air an episode a day. I mean, so like five days a week we were getting Dragon Ball Z every day. I would come home from school and watch a new episode. And if I sometimes the bus would run late. <laughs> and I couldn't, uh, or if I had a ride or something, you know, sometimes, and I, and I played basketball and stuff. Sometimes I had practice and I, I couldn't get home in time to watch the show. So I would record it on VHS. Okay. <laughs> this is going to make me sound way older than I am. Okay. But yeah, at the time there was no DVR. Okay. There was just, it was VHS or if there was DVR, it was probably super expensive and, and super rare at that time, because that's just how things are when they first come around, you know? Um, so I was, I was recording every episode on VHS and fun fact here, I still have all those episodes. I mean, I have at least, uh, one entire half of Dragon Ball Z, um, the entire series on VHS <laughs> to this day. That's something else I want to talk a little bit about in a minute. I want to get into, some of the paraphernalia and things like that, that I have Dragon Ball Z. But um, to kind of get to the point here, that's how it started for me. I mean, I just would come home and I had two good friends that we, we all really got into it and it just became a thing. And I just fell in love with the show. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't think anyone would lie <laughs> and say that Dragon Ball Z had the best writing ever because it didn't. But it wasn't about that. You know, it's just a, it's just a super fun show. Uh, badass, lots of cool martial arts, lots of fighting, power, energy blasts. It'll get you pumped up. And then even during the filler episodes, you know, it would still be funny at the very least. Um, so it's just, it's just a fun show. It's a very fun show. Now, I never read the manga, okay? Like I said, I don't want to get too deep into the history of Dragon Ball Z. I want to tell, talk more about my history of it. But of course, this show was based on a manga that was kind of going along at the same time in Japan. Um, and Dragon Ball Z as a TV show eventually started doing these filler episodes in order to give the manga time to catch up. Um, and now there's even, what is it, Dragon Ball Kai or Dragon Ball Z Kai, I think it's called. I didn't watch any of that. But from what I understood, that was a version of the show that aired on Cartoon Network that just kind of cut a lot of the filler out. Um, I didn't, Yeah, I didn't watch any of the re... None of that shit. When they came back and started redoing stuff, I didn't... Because I, I love the original Funimation Bruce Falconer music version of Dragon Ball Z. And, you know, I know a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with Bruce Falconer's music. Uh, a lot of them kind of prefer the, uh, the Japanese. But, I mean, you know, I'm going to like the version of it that was around when I was as as much into Dragon Ball Z as I was probably ever going to be. And that was Bruce Falconer. So that's, that's the version that I uh, reference and I think about when I talk about Dragon Ball Z. That's the one. So I guess this is, this is kind of a perfect time to jump into this the uh, the other stuff, the uh, some of the things that I've kind of collected over time. I mean, like I said, I have I have most of the series um, on VHS that I taped myself. Okay, they're all like labeled and everything. <laughs> now at some point, you know, they started doing this thing where once the season ended for Dragon Ball Z on TV, um, 
if you wanted to, you could go out and buy the Funimation versions of the following season on VHS, like officially released. And they were even uncut. I don't know if they were completely uncut, but they released them as uncut versions. So what I would do is this the season of Dragon Ball Z would end and then I would go to uh, Sam Goody. I don't know if those stores still exist. I don't think they do. But at the time, there was a store called Sam Goody and it was like a uh, sort of a record store type place with CDs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I sound really old because a lot of this kind of shit doesn't really exist anymore. But I would go and I could you could actually order. They would order it for you and you could kind of reserve a copy of it. So. I got a little bit ahead of everyone else because once the season ended, I would go to Sam Goody. I would order the next two or three tapes um, of the seasons, not the to whole season. I think at the time they were kind of breaking the seasons up more so than they did later on with the DVD releases. But what I would do is I would order uh, the, the, the next couple tapes. So and then I would watch them. And then by the time it came back on air and um, on Cartoon Network, I, was, I had already seen those episodes. So I kind of got ahead. But I didn't get ahead in the way that I went and watched all the Japanese versions. There were still the English Funimation dubs. I just watched them before they aired on TV. So because of that, I also have pretty much the entire uh, Dragon Ball Z series on VHS as well. So I have the copies that I recorded myself. And then I also have the ones that I bought. And if you remember those, when you got them all, you could line, you could, uh, if you put them all on the shelf next to each other, it formed one big picture, uh, like per season. So that's pretty cool. I still have all that. Now, later on, obviously, you know, they released them on DVD. So I had to get them because you got to keep up with technology, right? Things change. VCRs fucking die. They, they go out of style. They stop working. Tapes get eaten. So once they started releasing the DVDs, I got those too. Now, I know that the thing about Dragon Ball Z is there's just so many different like versions and there's like the Dragon Box and all this shit and there's different soundtracks and different dubs and all that. Everything that I have is pretty much typical standard Funimation because that's just what I wanted. That's the version that I wanted. So I got the um, the boxes were orange. And uh, I got I got every season. I think seasons one through nine on DVD over time. I got the first three Christmas one year. Uh, some friends of mine put together and bought them for me. Um, so, yeah, I have all those. And then, of course, what? What comes next, right? Blu-ray. So once they started releasing them on Blu-ray, I started getting those. So at this point, I have Dragon Ball Z, the entire series on VHS that I recorded, on VHS that I bought, DVD, and Blu-ray. <laughs> so that's a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and I, shit, man, I actually know a lot about this show. Now I want to say this. Um, I didn't, I didn't rewatch anything before recording this podcast, except for the two latest movies. Okay. Battle of Gods and Resurrection F. I did rewatch those because I know that those, I'm not exactly sure how, but I know that those are going to tie into Dragon Ball Super. So I want to make sure I understood because there's some transformations that happened in those films that are going to be pretty important, I assume, in Dragon Ball Super. So I want to make sure I understood that. I'm going to talk more about those in a minute, those two movies. But, um, you know, very much unlike Republic City Report. I mean, when I when I started that podcast, I went back and watched season one of Legend of Korra again so I could talk about it. But season one of Legend of Korra was like eight episodes or something, you know. <laughs> I would have to go back and watch nine seasons of Dragon Ball Z 
over 140, 50 episodes or something in order to properly prepare for this podcast. I don't have I don't have time to do that right now. Plus, I'm be honest with you. I remember most of the shit just because when I say I'm a massive Dragon Ball Z fan, that's not a joke. I mentioned having a tattoo on my arm. That's real. Okay, the show means more to me probably than any other show in history of 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 my life in a lot of different ways. Um, So, you know, I feel like I should come and at least attempt a podcast on Dragon Ball Super since that's coming along. Um, (laughs) The funny thing is, is that, you know, you know, this I'm mostly talking about Dragon Ball Z here, but we can't as, as much as we may want to. We can't pretend that Dragon Ball GT didn't happen. <laughs> okay. I know that most of us probably want to pretend that it never happened, but it did, and we have to acknowledge it. Of course, Dragon Ball Super pretends like it didn't happen. I don't know if you guys are aware of that now. Dragon Ball Super does not take place after GT. It takes place after Dragon Ball Z. Um, when GT came along, Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball Z, really didn't have anything to do with that. And it wasn't based on his manga. It was more just sort of a way to keep the show going. I don't know if it was a cash grab or what. But I think it's pretty universally understood and accepted at this point that Dragon Ball GT was not very good. But guess what? I own the entire series on VHS. Because at the time, I didn't know that it wasn't good. All I knew was that this is the next series in the Dragon Ball uh, franchise. Um, And I was going to buy it, of course. I didn't mention much about Dragon Ball, okay? Obviously, Dragon Ball took place before Dragon Ball Z. I didn't talk much about that because I haven't seen Dragon Ball from start to finish. Dragon Ball was a little more kid-friendly than I I really like in a show. I mean, Dragon Ball Z does have a lot of violence and blood and severed limbs. And even in some of the Japanese versions, there's profanity in it. So it's a little bit more my speed than Dragon Ball was. I did watch a good bit of Dragon Ball because later on after the popularity of Dragon Ball Z on Cartoon Network, they said, hell, let's go back and let's dub Dragon Ball too. So they did that and I watched a good bit of it, but I'm not gonna sit up here and pretend like I know every single thing that happened in Dragon Ball. So you're not gonna hear hear me reference that one too much because well, Dragon Ball Z, I think most people would agree is the the epitome sort of the peak of this entire franchise Uh, and then of course I'm saying this before watching Dragon Ball Super but come on I don't think Dragon Ball Super is going to be as good as Z because it's just hard to recapture that magic no matter what maybe I'm wrong I don't know some of you have already seen it you've been watching it for 70 episodes or so in in Japanese Uh, I haven't done that so I don't know but for me, it'll probably it probably won't top Dragon Ball Z because I mean that's just that's just my favorite one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Dragon Ball GT. You know, you know they they did a lot of weird things. They turned Goku Goku back into a kid. Uh, I remember Vegeta having a mustache at some point. Um, Trunks became pretty useless. I think. I mean, he certainly was not the same Trunks that grew up to be the one that we're familiar with in Dragon Ball Z, future Trunks, but he's not going to be because that Trunks lost both of his parents, right? Um, well, not both, sorry, not both of his parents. He lost his father and all of his friends and everyone else. Bulma was still alive, but he lost everyone else. He grew up in a different time. So things were just a lot worse for him. 
but in, in in that way, it made it made me miss that version of Trunks. And then I don't I hardly remember Goten even being in GT. I know that he popped up every now and then, but he was pretty useless. Gohan was pretty useless. I mean, just everything they kind of did in that in that version of the show just kind of went against everything else that Dragon Ball Z pretty much established. So because of that, it became you know, a much lesser version of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm going to acknowledge it because, like I said, I do own the entire series on VHS. And, you know, it it may even be more of a collector's item now just because now they're pretending like it didn't exist. And, you, and, and the funny thing is things have changed over time, right? Something that is notoriously bad can also be, can almost be almost as, as valuable as something that's really great. Right. Because it becomes rare because it's so bad and this you can't even find anymore. And um, so I have that. So Dragon Ball Z GT, I'm not going to completely ignore you. We want to acknowledge your existence and then we're going to move on. So Dragon Ball Super is, of course, a continuation of Dragon Ball Z. I feel like I should mention this, too, just in case this has already happened a few times. Um, when I'm talking, it, this happened a lot on Republic City Report. When, when I'm talking on here, nine times out of 10, I don't have any notes in front of me or anything. So, you know, it's all just coming out of my brain and it's, it's just from memory. Um, so sometimes I, I accidentally say the wrong shit. Like I may, I may say the wrong name somewhere, you know, like I may say, yeah, I may say the wrong name. I may reference something that, and it may not be completely accurate because I'm just talking, right? And I'm not fact checking everything that I say. And sometimes I say the wrong stuff. Sometimes I make a mistake. Rest assured that if that happens, it is just that a mistake. Uh, <laughs> very rarely do I say something that's just completely wrong on purpose or, or because I don't realize that it's wrong. I'll listen back later on and say, damn it. I meant to say this here. If that ha like, I don't really like to do too much editing on these podcasts because I don't know. I just, I like to, this is more of a conversation between me and other fans of the show. I don't want it to be super polished and not have any errors in it because that's not realistic. But if that happens, if you want to let me know about something that I may have said that was a mistake, you can. Don't feel like you need to do that because I promise you, I'll probably notice it myself when listening back on it. Uh, but yeah, it happens every now and then. So I just kind of want to apologize for that now and be prepared because I'm sure it'll happen again. Now, what I want to do at this point is I want to kind of just do an overview of the seasons of Dragon Ball Z. Because once again, we kind of have to see where we came from to kind of prepare to where we're going next. Uh, I won't make this too long because hell, man, you know, Dragon Ball Z is a big show. There's a lot of episodes in there. So let's just kind of start from the beginning, though, with season one, you know, the Saiyan saga. Could you imagine being one of the people who watched Dragon Ball when it aired originally in Japan uh, to be there at the debut of Dragon Ball Z? Because you can only imagine how many people were wondering throughout the entire series of Dragon Ball was why does why does why does Goku have a tail? What's that about? You know, because up until that point, you didn't know. You just knew that he had a tail and you knew that he turned into a big ape when the moon came out till eventually that stopped happening and he lost his tail and everything like that. But I would imagine being there for the uh, premiere of Dragon Ball Z originally and having a lot of those questions answered was probably something that was really exciting at the time. Um, so just thinking back on that and you're just finding out immediately 
um, that Goku's a Saiyan. You know, his brother Raditz shows up, explains all this stuff that fans of Dragon Ball had surely been wondering about for years. Um, he's from the planet Vegeta. He was sent from there as a baby to conquer planet Earth. But of course, as a baby, he ended up hitting his head. He was raised by Grandpa Gohan, forgot his original reasons for being there and became basically the savior of the planet and eventually the universe. Uh, so Saiyan Saga, you know, this is where it began for me. I didn't watch Dragon Ball, you know, originally. This is where it started. Saiyan Saga, Nappa, Raditz, Vegeta, etc. When I, like I said before, when I first started watching this, it was the ocean dub. So the voices, it was not Sean Schimmel doing the voice of Goku at the time. Uh, I actually don't know the actor's name, who it was, and nothing against those guys. I mean, honestly, like I appreciate it. I probably, I probably would have loved the show, um, regardless. But you know, we'll we'll talk more about this later about what happened when the actual shift came and the new voices and everything like that came in. But uh, I was always a big fan of. I got. I think the guy's name was Brian Brian Drummond, the Ocean Dove Vegeta. Don't get me wrong, I love Christopher Sabat. He is the quintessential Vegeta. He will always be Vegeta to me. But I really liked Brian Drummond's version too. I mean, that was, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, his version of the voice worked better for that version of Vegeta. The small version of Vegeta. Remember when Vegeta first showed up, he was like four feet tall and he had this big ass hair and he was super skinny and he was like this tiny character that just was just mean. That voice worked so well for that version of Vegeta in a lot of ways. And um, the whole over 9000 thing, well, that came from the ocean dub version of Dragon Ball Z. When that first happened, that was a completely different voice actor doing that. So when you think about that and you hear that, that's actually Brian Drummond's. Uh, of course, if I'm wrong here, well, then ignore everything that I just said. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's how that went down. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! What, 9,000? There's no way that could be right! But yeah, so that was the just the inaugural version of, of, of Dragon Ball Z. Now, of course, there were a lot of movies, right? You know, we'll talk about that a little bit, too. Dragon Ball Z has a lot of movies, just movies that they're standalones. I think there was like Tree of Might and, and, and movies like that that may technically have come out before Dragon Ball Z. Um, but for the most part, those movies aren't considered canon, right? So whatever happens in those movies don't necessarily affect the main series. They're just kind of these side adventures that don't affect the main storylines. And in some ways, you can, can you can say that they didn't even really happen. But they're just like these fun sort of adventures. I remember one with, um, it was the one with Garlic, right? Um, there may have been Tree of Might, I forget. Um, like once again, there's so many of them. And I, I didn't even mention this, man. I have a bunch of those too. It's not, it's not just Dragon Ball Z and GT that I own. I also have a ton of the movies on VHS. Uh, just off the top of my head, some of them, uh, Bardock, Father of Goku, History of Trunks, Lord Slug, uh, Cooler's Revenge. Like, I have all those. You know, this would be a freaking three-hour podcast if I went into detail about everything that I have and <laughs> all my thoughts about all this. But I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be that long because, you know, 
Who knows? Who knows if anyone will even listen to this or not? You guys can let me know if you want to hear more elaboration on that later on. But yeah, just some of the highlights of the Saiyan Saga season one. Um, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> this happens a lot during Dragon Ball Z, man. But there's no feeling quite like the feeling of Goku showing up at the last minute and whooping ass. And that happens here, too. You know, you'll start to notice a pattern, <laughs> a pattern throughout most of the seasons of Dragon Ball Z, where Goku is somehow taken out of the equation. Everyone else gets their asses whipped. Some people get killed. And then Goku's off training somewhere or he's recuperating or he's rejuvenating. And then he comes back and he whoops somebody's ass. And then the big bad comes out and then we get this awesome fight. Okay, so that pretty much happened in most of the seasons. So season one, Vegeta, first of all, you know, of course, Raditz shows up. Piccolo kills Raditz and also kills Goku at the same time. Goku goes to Snake Way in the afterlife, trains. So the whole time he's on Snake Way training, Vegeta and Napper on their way to Earth. They come to Earth, start fucking stuff up. Um, Napper whoops ass. <laughs> I remember Chaozu dying and Tian getting his arm chopped off and all this kind of stuff. But of course, you know, the savior Goku arrives and, 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 and it goes down, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. So that's the highlight. And of course, you know, Goku versus Vegeta, right? Still one of the best fights in the entire series itself, you know, because Vegeta turns into the Azaru at some point. I mean, they had this epic energy wave battle for the Kamehameha versus the, I think that was the, the, the Gallic gun technique that Vegeta was using in that, in that fight. Man, I haven't seen these episodes forever, so... Forgive me if I'm misquoting some of this stuff. But yeah, just highlights, you know? Krillin coming out of nowhere and chopping off Vegeta's tail. Wait, no, sorry, sorry, wait it. No, no, he... <laughs> Yajirobe chopped off Vegeta's tail. But I do remember Krillin attempting to do it, but he, he, didn't, he didn't connect. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Krillin uses Destructo Disc to try to chop off the tail. Didn't work, but then Yajirobe got it later on. But those, I mean, those are just moments that stand out, right? Awesome, awesome. I mean, Goku, of course, Goku's beaten beyond recognition. His body's pretty much broken at the end of all this. Uh, and that's where we kind of start the transition on to season two, where they have to go to Namek. I, I forget why, though. <laughs> I forget why. I think they originally went to Namek because uh, maybe Piccolo was killed and they needed new Dragon Balls. Is that what it is? I think they went to Namek to get because Namek had Dragon Balls because Guru or maybe Guru died. Damn it. I, I probably should have researched some of this stuff before I start talking about it. Okay. Sorry. My memory's a little fuzzy and all this kind of stuff. So <laughs> I'll try not to get too detailed if I can't remember shit. Uh, but yeah, they, they go to Namek, man. And then, you know, it got better. The show even got better at that point because they, we didn't see Planet Earth for the most part that entire season. I think they would flash back there every now and then to show Chi-Chi doing something or Dr. Briefs doing something. For the most part, all of our Z fighters, the ones that were still alive, um, were on Namek. Uh, even Boma was out there. So they all went to go get the Dragon Balls with the plan of Goku to join them once he recuperated from his battle with Vegeta. 
Uh, you know, on the way there, we have all these epic shots of Goku just training at however many times gravity on the way to Planet Namek. Once again, <laughs> it's a very common thread here to take Goku out of the equation and make you have to wait for him to get there. There's a lot of that. So that happened again once here. And once again, well, you know, once they got there, a lot of stuff happened. I have to say that I, I, I think that the Namek slash Frieza Saga, which technically Frieza Saga is the third season, but it, you know, it, it all kind of they all it all kind of ties in, right? Ginyu Force, all of that, it's all part of this big, this sort of connected story. It all builds to Frieza, um, and, th and that's my favorite saga of the series, Frieza Saga. All that stuff, Namek till the defeat of Frieza is my favorite of the entire series. I mean, just because every, I feel like everything that, I feel like it's the best writing in the entire series, you know, because everything just makes the most sense there. And come to find out later on, you know, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, but, you know, they say that the Frieza saga was initially intended to be the final saga of Dragon Ball Z, that the series was going to end there originally. Uh, that's what I heard. I'm not saying that that's the case, but I think I do. And, but if if that is true, then it, it makes sense. It makes sense, you know, that it would end. And I guess we'll just go ahead and transition over to Frieza Saga now since I'm season three, since I'm talking about it. Um, but it makes sense that that would actually would have been considered the end, right? Because Goku goes Super Saiyan. And that honestly seems like something that would cap off a series, you know, that they'll end with him finally reaching the final level of power and becoming the strongest possible version of himself while defeating his biggest enemy and, you know, avenging the friend of his best, the death of his best friend, because, of course, Krillin bites the dust at the hands of Frieza there. And that pretty much triggers Goku's uh, transformation into Super Saiyan. So some of the highlights of the Frieza saga would, of course, the battle between Goku and Frieza. I mean, yeah, it, look, Dragon Ball Z is a little bit notorious for having a lot of uh, sort of talking. <laughs> and some of that stuff's filler where they, they you know they don't fight they just kind of talk for a whole episode but hey I, I wouldn't trade it in for the world I wouldn't because that to me all of that is just a part of the overall experience that Dragon Ball Z has been to me and it's part of the reason why I love it and that's why I won't I don't even want to own a non-filler version of the show I want all the filler you know because I just want all of it why wouldn't I want all of it why would I want some of it if I can have all of it and then choose what I want to watch, then I'd rather do that than just have some of it and know that there are these other episodes out there that are like missing. So, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mind any of that. But once again, highlights. I remember Go, uh, Gohan kicking ass, man. Gohan, you know, this is where Gohan really started to come into his own as a fighter during the, the whole Namek saga because he was kind of forced to be on his own. I mean, and this is kind of uh, a lot of this is... Uh, after I think you know Go Goku of course died and Piccolo kind of starts to train Gohan um, and we kind of get to see what he what he we can do now using the training that he got from Piccolo um, so we just got a lot of cool Piccolo uh, Gohan and Krillin adventures here which I love because some of the best stuff was that was them running from Vegeta and them like you know sensing him and Vegeta sensing them and the search for the Dragon Balls, which of course are these bigger Namekian Dragon Balls. We meet Purunga, the Namekian Dragon. We meet Guru, 
Um, this just, okay. I just remember, okay, I made a mistake earlier. And some, most of you probably caught it. When I was talking, <laughs> when I was talking about on earth, the God of earth is Kami, not Guru. I think I may have said Guru. Guru is like the father of the, the Namics. Um, on the planet Namek. Kami was Piccolo's other half. You know, it's a, it's a, it gets really complex when you start to break that stuff down. But hey, if you're listening to this, you probably already know all that stuff anyway. But yeah, sorry. sorry. There's Kami. There's also Guru. Uh, so Guru, you know, I remember Guru awakening their powers. Gohan and, 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 and Krillin's uh, potential. You know, so they, they both just kind of got strong in there. Cool moments like that. Um, we can't forget about Zarbon and Vegeta's battle with him. You know, I think somewhere along this part of the series is where we learn that Saiyans become more stronger after every battle. And I remember that because the first time Vegeta fought Zarbon, he got his ass whipped. <laughs> so badly, in fact. But then he rejuvenated and he came back stronger than he was before. So it was nice to be able to watch him go back and get his revenge on Zarbon. I mean, it's just a, that's just so much. Oh, there's just so many highlights of that whole you know, Namek, uh, Ginyu Force, Frieza saga. There's just so many. Um, of course, the Ginyu Force themselves showing up, you know. Uh, Birder, Jace, Goldo, Captain Ginyu, and Raccoon. You know, how, how much of a character was Raccoon, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, it was just great. And, 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 you know, the Ginyu Force, you know, they were kind of the equivalent of Nappa in that point, as in, you know, our heroes finally found something they couldn't defeat, including Vegeta. Um, and they needed Goku. So they kind of had to just hang in there until Goku showed up. And that's right when Goku shows up is when Raccoon is just rack, wreaking havoc on everyone. Uh, and it's just like the most there's this iconic sort of image now of him showing up and just sort of appearing out of nowhere with his elbow in Raccoon's gut. Um, I could be misremembering that, but I think that that's what happened. He just kind of shows up in this ball of light. And then all of a sudden he's just standing there with his elbow. And but that, or maybe that happened with Napa. See, this is what happens when I try to reference over a hundred episodes, of Dragon Ball Z. Sometimes it gets hard to remember stuff, but you know what I'm talking about? There's just a lot of memorable moments there. Um, and you know, and, and, what I love mostly about this series is that they could have easily just gotten rid of Vegeta and, you know, Vegeta got beaten by Goku and then he flew away in his space pod and they could have said, hell, we'll never see him again. But I think they realized that we had a fan favorite on our hands. So they even included him in all of the Namek stuff. I love that. Oh, gosh, I'm about to go back and watch it right now. <laughs> watch all that. It's, it's, it's the uh, to me, it's the best Dragon Ball Z has ever been. I do want to ask you this. What is your favorite saga? I'm I'm very curious to know what your favorite saga is within Dragon Ball Z. I'm willing to bet most of you will say Frieza saga or everything on Namek because that was just the best stuff. Frieza is still the most badass villain they ever had. Uh, I mean, I just loved everything about it. It was just, it was the best writing. They even found a way to keep Bulma in the action. <laughs> Some of that kind of that stuff was kind of silly, you know, because Captain Ginyu could switch bodies with people. So he would, he did it with Bulma and then a frog and, but you know, Dragon Ball has always been about humor also. It's not just about fighting. So you, you come to expect stuff like that. 
But, okay, so let's move on, right? Talked enough about the Frieza saga. Of course, you know, Goku goes Super Saiyan here. For all we know, this is the epitome of the power. Legendary Super Saiyan is awakened, yada, yada, yada. But at some point, um, somebody came to Akira Toriyama with a dump truck of money, I can only assume, and say, hey, you know what? <laughs> we don't want to end this here. Let's Let's take it to the next step. Let's continue. So then we get Garlic Jr. Now... In some ways, Garlic Jr., the Garlic Jr. saga doesn't even feel like it's canon, but it is, right? I'm pretty sure it is. The, the Garlic Jr., what's interesting about Garlic Jr. is that he's the son of Garlic, a villain that they fought in a movie that's not canon. So, to introduce his son is a little bit weird. You know, this Dragon Ball Z is full of plot holes and... and inconsistencies and misconceptions and stuff like sometimes I do feel like they were just kind of writing it as they went along because a lot of the rules change with the Dragon Balls and how many wishes you can have and all this kind of stuff and I mean you know it's not perfect by any means um, so there are a lot, a lot of things that feel kind of disjointed and disconnected for whatever reasons maybe there were budgetary reasons maybe you know I don't know but the Garlic Jr. Saga never really felt like it fit in there uh, because this is after Goku died, all right? Or at least they, we, everyone thought Goku was dead. He didn't actually die. We thought he died when, when Frieza blew up Namek. Uh, we also thought Frieza died too, <laughs> for that matter. Uh, but he didn't, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, Goku was gone that entire time. So, you know, Garlic Jr. shows up, another threat to the earth. And then it's just kind of up to the remainder Z warriors to, to pick up the battle. This is where Gohan really got to shine. Piccolo got to shine. Krillin got to shine because they were pretty much uh, the strongest warriors that were left at that point. Uh, Vegeta was dead. Uh, Frieza had killed Vegeta at this point. Um, so, but the, you know, the Garlic Jr. Saga was really short too. I mean, I, I think it was, you know, I don't know, 10 episodes, if that. Uh, just basically some, some filler, I guess, just to kind of you know, give us some time to miss Goku. So I'm not gonna talk much about that. But then of course we move to Trunks and the Androids, right? This is like season four territory here. Uh, this is also some of the more exciting stuff. I really love the Trunks and Android stuff. Uh, of course, we find out that Goku's alive. He's been on this other planet called Yardrat the entire time and we learned the instant transmission. Man, I'm starting to realize I remember way more than I probably should have about this. I need to find a really badass like Dragon Ball Z trivia competition somewhere because I think I'd do okay. But anyway, yeah, so Trunks shows up. Uh, you know, we find out that Vegeta and Bulma have a child together and he came back from the future and he's the most badass thing. I mean, gosh, let's get to the highlights. Trunks showing up. You know, and everybody being like, who is this guy? And they're just watching from a distance, right? Because they know Frieza's coming back. All of a sudden, Trunks shows up, wipes Frieza out, goes Super Saiyan, chops him up into tiny bitty pieces, and then blasts the shit out of him because Frieza wasn't dead. He survived. His species can survive in space. Um, he was mostly dead. But his people found him, they put him back together. And then we got Mecha Frieza. But of course, Frieza was super weak compared to Super Saiyans at this point. So, you know, he and his father showed up to Earth. Trunks 
pretty much wiped them out like it was nothing. Uh, and this is awesome. You know, back back when I really used to, I got, you know, at the at the height of my Dragon Ball fandom, I got really overly excited and I did read ahead on some things. So I did kind of know what was going to happen in a lot of ways because I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> I had to go on the internet and read everything I could. I used to print out photos of, and I still had this stuff, by the way. I still have a binder with a bunch of Dragon Ball Z trading cards and drawings that I did and just printouts of everything. So I knew who Trunks was before he got there and all that. So some of that stuff I did kind of spoil for myself, but that didn't take away the excitement of seeing it. It was still freaking amazing watching it. Uh, so when Trunks shows up, it's just uh, just full speed ahead. And then, and then we get Goku back at the same time. So it's like, it's great. But of course, Trunks comes back with this warning, right? This whole reason why he came back from the future to begin with is to warn them, to tell them that the future's bleak. You know, everyone's gonna die. The androids are gonna take over the planet. So he wants to come back to try to change and stop this version of, of the world from seeing the future that he grew up in. So he comes back, brings back, brings Goku back um, medicine for his heart because Goku dies in the original timeline. He dies from like a weird heart virus of which there is no cure, but there is a cure in Trunks this time. So he brings back, he brings that back to Goku, gives it to him uh, and warns them that they need to prepare because the androids are going to show up and they're going to start wreaking hell on everything. So, once again, highlights of the androids, man. Android 17 and 18, right? Two of the best villains in the, in the whole series. Because they're like this brother and sister that were turned into freaking androids by Dr. Jiro, who at this point has turned himself into an android and called himself Android 19. No, sorry, 20. He He's 20, and then but we also meet Android 19 uh, throughout all this stuff, too. So it's just, it's awesome, man. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens here. Highlights, I, re I remember um, Vegeta fighting Android 18 as a Super Saiyan. Of course, Vegeta, and somewhere during all this, once he's brought back to life, he just kind of flies off to go train because he finds out that Goku became a Super Saiyan, so he wants to become one too. Um, yeah, I remember him just uh, getting his ass whipped by Android 18 and her, there's that shot um, this is when Trunks comes back. I kind of skipped ahead. Trunks leaves, but then he comes back a few years later. Uh, Android 18 kicks him in his arm and like breaks it. And he just, he just lets out this yell, man. This is Christopher Sabat, uh, Sabat at his, at his best. He just lets out this yell and then Trunks gets pissed off and he's like, father, I mean, it's just, it, <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments. And I, I'll just remember that forever. You know, some of my favorite moments of Dragon Ball Z is when someone watches someone they care about get hurt and then they just get pissed. <laughs> they just get pissed and they start powering up and they start and they just start unleashing energy waves everywhere. There's many moments like that. That's one of the one of my favorites. So yeah, those are those are just kind of some of my highlights of that. Okay, let's move on because I didn't want this to be as long as it is, but I've learned I learned from Republic City Report that uh my fans of that podcast didn't care about the length. It was something I worried about for a while. I was like, can people is anybody really gonna want to listen to me talk to myself for for 30 minutes or whatever? And uh you'll notice those podcasts actually became longer over time because I got a lot many emails saying, Hey man, we don't care how long it is, we're enjoying the show. So I'm going to hope that you guys are enjoying this. 
hopefully, you know, you're not sick of it and want me to shut up at this point. But Dragon Ball Z is a massive series. Not every episode of Rock the Dragon podcast will be this long. You know, we'll we'll see. Depending on how many emails and things like that I get, we'll see. But this one's going to be longer because I'm trying to go back and just cover everything up until this point. Uh, so we can start Dragon Ball Super on a, just a fresh note. But yeah, so of course, after the androids comes my probably, I guess, my second favorite saga after Frieza, and that's the Cell Saga. Um, well, I'm not sure if my second favorite saga is the Saiyan Saga or or the Cell Saga. I don't know. I gotta I gotta think about that. <laughs> I gotta think about that. Yeah, I have to think about whether or not <laughs> which my favorite is between those two. But I certainly love all the Cell stuff. I mean. It's, I mean, sale when it gets to the sale games and stuff like that, but it comes gets a little crazy. But for the most part, I like sale. You know, we got imperfect sale, and then we get perfect sale, and and all this kind of stuff. I mean, some of that stuff was the coolest because we find out that sale's been on the planet the entire time. Another one of Doctor Jerome's creations, sort of his final denouement. You know, sort of one last attempt. Um, but the coolest thing about all of that is that we find out that sale needs to absorb. The previous androids to become perfect i mean to me that's just good that's really good writing you know and until and, and i promise you dragon ball z gets really spotty in some points with the writing <laughs> okay but that's one of the things i've always learned it's like wow that's cool man that he made an android that would only become perfect if he absorbed the previous androids and the other androids didn't know so then that creates a brand new conflict there so they're fighting for survival too because they don't want to be absorbed so all of that stuff was just really good, man. It was Dragon Ball Z at its best in some ways, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, of course we get all of that. And we get a lot of fun episodes with that. We get a, with with you know, he absorbs one of the androids and he, but doesn't get 18. And at the same time, we've got Vegeta powering up and getting stronger. And, and Vegeta and Trunks are going into the hyperbolic time chamber. These are some of the highlights, right? Is them training and coming. Remember. <laughs> There's a shot where they walk out of the hyperbolic time chamber, Trunks and Vegeta, and it's just the coolest fucking shot ever. It's the coolest shot because it's in slow motion and there's light and, and Trunks, his hair has grown and Vegeta's just kind of standing there in the back. Oh, I'm a, oh, geez, I'm about to fucking bust a nut just thinking about it. <laughs> so yeah, man, highlights like that. And of course, we get Gohan going Super Saiyan for the first time. I mean, it's awesome. Here's where things really started to kind of take a shift, right? I mean, I guess it really started with Trunks because originally Goku was going to be the only Saiyan. But obviously, I mean Super Saiyan. So at some point they just decided, well, you know what? Why not? Let's just make, you know, them all become Super Saiyan at some point. So we get, you know, Vegeta becomes Super Saiyan and Trunks uh, becomes an ascended Saiyan. Um, that's one of my favorite, my most favorite parts of the entire series is, you know, uh, Vegeta comes out there and of course he foolishly allows Cell to absorb Android 18, thus becoming perfect, but he is a Saiyan. And not only that, he's the proudest of the Saiyans. So that makes it even worse. <laughs> uh, he foolishly lets him absorb 18 and becomes perfect and then he can't beat him. He can't beat him. So then we kind of, you know, we watch Vegeta become broken, you know, that's, that's that may be the, the most broken I've seen his pride become at that point. Uh, and once again, a highlight here 
I remember, you know, as a sort of a last ditch effort, um, that big ass final flash. <laughs> that final flash that Vegeta charges up for like half the episode. And you just know, oh man, you just know something exciting is about to happen because he's he's summoning he's summoning all the power he could possibly get into this one move. And ah, I it's one of my favorite moments of it. I have a recording of that moment, an audio recording, and I just listen to it every now and then. You're going to destroy the whole planet, Father! You've got to stop it! <laughs> You know, and it just gets me excited just hearing that because once again, going back to talking about Bruce Falconer's music, his score, which I absolutely love, Vegeta's Super Saiyan theme is also one of my favorites too. That piano, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. I remember that moment so vividly and he unleashes that thing and he blows Cell's shoulder and like his side off and it's just like the incredible, this incredible moment. I think most of us knew at that point he was going to regenerate, though, because, well, Cell has Piccolo's regeneration cells in him, so he can regenerate. But it was still super cool. But that was pretty much it for Vegeta. And the whole time, Trunks is restraining himself because he doesn't want Vegeta to know that he's become stronger than him. So the second Vegeta gets his ass knocked out, Trunks just unleashes his power. Powers up. Ascended Saiyan. His hair grows, becomes like extra long. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, he buffs up a lot, which Vegeta had done the same thing in a way too, except he, it's funny is because the whole time Trunks thought that he was stronger than Vegeta, but Vegeta knew that there were limits to that ascended Saiyan form. So he didn't go all the way. Trunks became more powerful than Perfect Cell at that point but he was too slow to do anything about it. <laughs> so he couldn't, he, so he, he, just had, he just had to give up after a while. But that's still one of the highlights of my favorite moments. So at that point, you know, and, and Goku and um, Gohan are still in hyperbolic time chamber at this point. Uh, you know, and, and he knows about it. And, and Sale being part Saiyan, he's like, oh, I want the challenge. I want to wait till they get out. I want to wait to... I want to hold a tournament. So that's when we kind of slip on in the season six cell games. Now, the cell game saga wasn't my favorite, but some of my favorite moments of the series do happen in there. Like obviously Goku, uh, sorry, Gohan going Super Saiyan 2. I mean, that's, oh man. I get goosebumps and chills every time I think about that moment. I think about that moment, of course, we, you know, everybody gets out. We do the sale games. I thought it was kind of stupid that a super villain would make a tournament. You know, it some of the, some of the stuff is kind of silly, <laughs> but uh, you know, we get introduced to Mister Satan throughout all this too, so that that's cool. But uh, yeah, sale games. So you know, they fight, and it's we all know it's not going to really be a tournament because no one stands a chance against Cell, other than Goku, Vegeta, and Gohan. So it's like, it's not even, you know, in, in trucks. So it's not even, you know, it's not even really a tournament because they don't even, 
they don't even fight. Uh, I, I know I'm leaving some stuff out because I know at some point, um, okay, I think this is, yeah, this is kind of building up to Gohan's transformation. Uh, but another highlight, once again, I said I really like it when someone sees something happen to their loved one or and then they get pissed. Oh boy, who doesn't remember their moment where Cell shoots that freaking beam through Trunks' chest and Vegeta just gets pissed. It just goes ape shit. <laughs> I mean, the it's those moments that make me love Dragon Ball Z so much, you know? This show is so different from The Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender. I mean, those shows were deep, deep level. Go listen to Republic City Report. I examine that The Legend of Korra on such a you know level because it has all these layers and philosophy and symbolism and all this stuff. Dragon Ball Z isn't really about any of that. <laughs> it's a lot of, I mean, yeah, there's some lessons to be learned. There's, certain some, there's certainly some, some morals and stuff like that. But man, it's really about the moments of triumph man, and rage and and overcoming and being strong you know and we get we get that in that moment you know vegeta just like i said he just kind of freaks out and and you know of course it does absolutely nothing to sell but it was an enjoyable moment to watch so that's another highlight and then once again like i said we're building up here to gohan's transformation uh you know, Cell just in an effort to toy around with everybody and make them suffer because he he somehow he finds out that Go, Gohan Gohan has always had this hidden potential. Uh, we saw it very early on, early episodes of Dragon Ball Z, where he would get really mad and then his power level would shoot up. Um, and Goku knows that, and the entire time, so he's preparing Gohan for that transformation. So you know, Goku actually fights Cell, but he realizes he can't beat him. Um, but not until we get this really awesome freaking sequence where Goku powers up a Kamehameha in the sky, uses inst instant transmission to teleport directly in front of Cell and then blows his entire top half of his body off. I mean, come on. Like, once again, highlights Dragon Ball Z, one of the greatest moments in the series. But once again, well, Cell regenerates and they never really explain how that was possible because with he has Piccolo's cells, but Piccolo couldn't regenerate if his head got blown off. But they just kind of ignored, they just kind of ignored that for Cell. But whatever, right? So yeah, one of the greatest moments of Dragon Ball Z was that, but then he just defers to Gohan. And Gohan's kind of standing there like, why me? I'm a Super Saiyan, but I'm still a kid. You know, I don't really know. So we get this fight. Somehow Cell gets the idea and finds out that Gohan does have this hidden power. So he releases all these Cell Juniors out to go beat the shit out of everyone else just for the sole purpose of pissing off Gohan. And it's great. It's an awesome moment because as fans of this show, we know what's coming, right? We know it's like, wow, you're, you're really about to push him to the edge here, man. <laughs> and, and man, when he does, it is, it is it, it's probably one of my top three favorite moments of the entire series, like top three. You know, easily. I don't know if I can name the other two right now, but top three favorite moments. You know, those sales juniors beat the shit out of them. Uh, I didn't talk about Android 16 much, but of course, 16 plays a role in all of this too. Um, that final moment, you know, he sale blows the shit out of Android 16. Android 16 is just giving Gohan advice, telling him to just let go. Right? I never forget it. You know, he's just like. 
let go, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, and then he steps on his head, and that's it, man, we see this visual representation of Gohan losing his shit, we see this little bird, you know, just leaving, just flying away, and he just lets it, it you know, and he's like, I feel it slipping, and it happens, and he just unleashes this scream that is just, I, to this day, <laughs> I want to go like congratulate the voice actress who was doing the voice of Gohan. I can't think of her name right now. But for her to have to go into a studio and record that screen, I mean, they could have enhanced it. They, maybe they enhanced some of it. I don't. I don't know. In, in post, but still, like these these are some of the greatest voice actors ever because they have to yell a lot, man. And you can watch videos of these guys talking about how they almost passed out doing this kind of stuff. But man, that is the greatest scream in all of Dragon Ball Z. Yet another fighter you could have saved. 16, you love life. You gave everything up to save it. And you were just an android. I let you die. I can't do that. I won't watch anymore. I, I feel it slipping. And I won't watch this anymore! But, you know, Gohan unleashes that scream, and then BAM! The transformation to Super Saiyan Level 2 begins. And after that, it's just incredible. Watching him fight Cell. Um, obviously, they make a mistake, and um, you know, Cell kind of gets the upper hand again because he he kind of he puffs himself up to the point where he's going to self-destruct to destroy the entire planet and kill everybody. And Gohan can't even hit him without setting him off. Um, so even then, it still becomes you know the tides do turn. And at this point, Gohan pretty much only has one arm because uh, in order to, to save someone, I forget who it is, he saved, he saved someone from getting hit by an energy blast and he, he lost, you know, one of his arms got taken out of commission. But then we get an opportunity, you know, to see, um, well, of course we can't forget Goku's sacrifice here. Uh, Goku sacrificed himself once again. It's a very sad moment. And they always play that music that that death music you knew someone was about to die when they started playing that music <laughs> and and all of a sudden everything becomes really sparkly looking you know uh you know it's debatable on whether or not he had enough time to come back or not i still feel like he did it's like that whole thing with in titanic whether or not the girl whether there's enough space on the 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 floating raft for leonardo dicaprio to get on there it's like i think you could have made it work <laughs> i think goku did have enough time to trance for sale to King Kai's planet and then still come back. But, you know, we get it. He had to make a sacrifice, right? It's all for dramatic effect. But guess what, man? Sale had one su surviving Sale who comes back as ultra perfect Sale. So now he's even stronger than he was before. <laughs> uh, so, it, you know, we get some, some cool stuff here, but then we, we, you know, we get a really cool moment, awesome moment with Gohan. Kamehameha versus sales Kamehameha um, and they're just battling they're battling 
and then we get Ghost Goku that kind of helps, and then we get uh, Vegeta and, and Gohan and I'm sorry and and Krillin and um, even Tien I think they distract uh, Cell and and then Vegeta hits him with that final blast that finally like distracts him enough and then Gohan just unleashes this big ass wave of energy at him completely wipes him out and that's the Cell games man that's that's the Cell saga. Okay, so let's move on. Now, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. Uh, it is at this point that, for me, Dragon Ball Z kind of took a turn for the worse. Okay, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of most of what happens after Cell. Okay? It's not terrible, but it just certainly was not the best. Great Saiyan, you know, Gohan becomes a superhero. He's like a nerd and he's in high school and he becomes like a superhero. I mean, I, you know, all of that stuff just felt like filler. All of that Great Saiyan stuff. I believe that the original intention, even after the Cell games, was for Goku to just be dead. You know, he, he wasn't going to come back this time. He was That was it. He was done. His story was over. The series was going to be about Gohan from that point on. So they shifted all the focus to him, which is okay. But I just feel like maybe they didn't handle it in the best way. Like I didn't, I didn't mind him being in high school. I mean, you know, if you're not fighting crime, I mean, if you're not like saving the world and you're like a teenager, I guess what else would you be doing? And plus it was never a secret that Chi Chi was incredibly strict with Gohan about getting his education. So it's kind of it was kind of a natural evolution for him to be in high school. I didn't I didn't really mind that. The great Sam and stuff I could have done without. And, you know, and also during this time, we're kind of building up to Majin Buu at this point. So everything at this point is is, is pretty much building up to Majin Buu and Kid Buu and all that. Um, the the final villain of Dragon Ball Z. So there's a world tournament, another world tournament that happens, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm going to fly through these next three seasons pretty quickly because even though I've seen them, I have not watched them as many times as I've watched the other seasons of Dragon Ball Z. So I don't remember a lot, you know, because I wasn't as fond of those seasons. I didn't watch them as many times as the others. So I'm going to kind of fly through these. But yeah, World Tournament, we, we get Bobbity, right? We find out that this is wizard named Bobbity that comes along and there's Deborah and, um, you know, there's Boo, who's been sort of hibernating in this egg for centuries or whatever. And they use the World Tournament to pretty much steal power from the fighters, um, specifically Gohan, I'm, I'm remembering, uh, because they need to feed this energy into this egg to release Majin Boo. I mean, I don't Do you see, do you, do you hear the difference? Like, it kind of starts to become a little bit more silly <laughs> at this point. Um, so yeah, uh, Bobbity, Majin Buu, Deborah, um, I think we're introduced to uh, Supreme Kai during this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we do, we do meet some new characters here in, in that school. And so that's pretty much seven and eight, season seven and eight, and then nine, we got the fusions. Um, we get to see Goku and Vegeta fuse using the Potara earrings and they, you know, they fuse together uh, and we get Vegito so that's cool I actually have a big action figure of Vegito um, 
it's like 12 inches or something. It was one that came out years ago. It's not like super detailed. It's really more of a sort of cartoonish, sort of softer, I guess, ones. Uh, I may post some photos of this stuff. Um, I'll, I'll tell you more about the Facebook and all that stuff later. But yeah, uh, okay, some, some of the highlights here. Well, Goku goes Super Saiyan 3. In, in, in this in this saga and uh, it's it's a it's sort of a jarring sort of a transformation because well his hair becomes super long his eyebrows burn off uh, but it's cool right because he gets a new theme at that point <laughs> he gets a new theme song for a level three theme uh, so that, that's a highlight um, another highlight I think is is, is Gohan becoming uh what was it a mystic Saiyan that was cool. Uh, once again, like I said, my memory's fuzzy. I mean, obviously, the, one of the biggest things to happen throughout all of this is Vegeta versus Goku round two, right? We get Majin Vegeta. Vegeta sort of willingly allows himself to be possessed by Babidi so he can get the power to, de to, to, to defeat Goku, you know, because that's always been Vegeta's thing. His m only mission in life at this point is to become stronger than Kakarot. Uh, so that happens. We get an epic fight between those two. But of course, all the power is being harnessed. <clears throat> and it's all being used to free Majin Buu. Now, I got to talk a little bit about Buu because this shit just got really fucking dumb after a while. And <laughs> it got really silly. But of course, <clears throat> Majin Buu, also known as Fat Buu, comes out. And, and I, some, I'm, I'm, I may mess some of this up. You know, I may just miss speak on some of this because I don't remember everything and it gets so convoluted and kind of silly at a, at, a, at, a, at points but he's released and nobody can beat him yada 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 you know what I mean but he gets so pissed off at some point where he splits in two and he and then it's and then it becomes like Majin Buu and Evil Buu like this skinny sort of ridiculous like silly scrawny version of him but he's like pure evil whereas Majin Buu is kind of like not good, but he's not evil anymore. And then evil Boo turns Majin Boo into chocolate or something, and then he eats him, which transforms him into uh, Super Boo. <laughs> uh, this, this, is what, this is why I don't like this saga because this shit gets really dumb. Because first they split, and then they join together, but they form a completely different being that than they were before even though they were already joined they were joined together they split one of them eats the other one and becomes something completely different and more powerful but then later on they someone shrinks or something and goes inside of him frees Majin Buu and then when they do that he transforms again into Kid Buu it's I don't know it's 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 some of the worst Dragon Ball Z writing because this was all one being all you're doing is taking them apart and putting them back together and for some reason you're getting different villains every time so I've I've never understood that it was always pretty silly but hey we got some cool fights out of it obviously Majin Buu or Kid Buu I should say uh, he kills everyone on the planet pretty much other than the, like the Z fighters whoever I think they were all kind of hiding out on Kami's lookout or Dende's lookout. I think at, by this point, Dende was the is, is the the, the uh, guardian of Earth. 
uh, yeah, so I mean, that was a first, I think, right? I mean, we had times before where people got killed and they wished them back with Dragon Balls, but he like literally killed everybody on the planet, you know? Uh, so that, I mean, that was cool. And then of course we get Oob because Boo is sort of reincarnated as Oob and yeah, I, I don't know. I, all that stuff's kind of stupid to me. But that pretty much wraps up Dragon Ball Z, okay? Um, I know that was a long conversation. I hope you guys are still with me here. Now, I got to talk a little bit about the movies, right? Not all of them. <laughs> Just the ones that have come, come along after Dragon Ball Z. Now, we got a couple things in, in Japan that weren't even really released here. I mean, there was like a... Uh, a uh, sort of a 20 year or something anniversary special thing and i remember um vegeta having like a younger brother and i mean if you if you really do your research there's all sorts of different stories out there that you can watch uh there was another bardock movie where bardock became a super saiyan it was sort of this alternate universe where um vegeta wasn't destroyed or something like that and bardock becomes a super saiyan and I don't have a problem with that. You know, I don't mind all the extra fun little store side stories. Um, but once again, you know, more recently, we've got Battle of Gods and Resurrection F, which were both released in theaters in um, in the United States. So I believe that was a first. That was pretty yeah, that was pretty important, I guess, in the in the grand scheme of things, Dragon Ball related resurgence of Dragon Ball Z. They decided to come back to it and make movies. Uh, I did see Battle of Gods in the theater. I'm not, the, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I watched it, I wasn't too crazy about it. Um, but just because you have to understand, right? Like I, the version of 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 Dragon Ball Z that I fell in love with is that Adult Swim, Toonami Block, Cartoon Network type version. Bruce Faulkner's music, the very '80s style animation. That's just what I'm used to. So all of a sudden I'm seeing a movie and there's like CGI and all these fancy camera angles and stuff <laughs> that the original series never had. I just wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't prepared. I was sort of like one of those people who grew up on the original Star Wars movies and then the prequels came out and all of a sudden everything's CG and it just doesn't feel the same anymore. That's kind of where I was at with Battle of Gods. So I, I wasn't I didn't enjoy it as much because of that. Um, I did rewatch it recently, though, and I want to throw this out there. And I don't remember the name of this YouTube user right now, but I'll tell you what, on the Facebook page, I will once again, I'll talk about that again in a little bit, but I will post this on there if you want to find it. There is a guy on YouTube who redid the score and the soundtrack for Battle of Gods, and he put all the Bruce Falconer's music in it. So if you want to see a version of that movie, but with the music that you are probably more familiar with, you should go watch that. I mean, it it made it so much better for me. It really did. Um, and not only that, it's in high quality. I mean, this is like a an HD version of Battle of Gods, Funimation with Bruce Falconer's music. And the music sounds great. The guy like remastered all this stuff. I mean, it's the it's one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, I will post a link to that on the Facebook page if you want to see that. So I enjoy Battle of Gods much more because of that. Now, if we want to talk quickly about Battle of Gods, from what I understand, I, I don't. I think these movies are canon to Dragon Ball Super. I'm not sure, or they're going to retell 
the same stories during Dragon Ball Super. It's something like that. But from what I understand, these things do happen. So uh, the God of Destruction, Beerus, and uh, Super Saiyan God and all that stuff, all that stuff is going to lead right into Dragon Ball Super. So, of course, during Battle of Gods, Goku goes undergoes another transformation because, of course, we're pretending like GT didn't happen at this point. So we could go straight from Super Saiyan 3 uh, to Super Saiyan God. And, of course, so if you've seen some photos floating around of Goku and he has red hair and he's, like, super skinny, that's Super Saiyan God, Goku, which is basically he needed, um, they needed to be... Five, he needed to have the five Saiyans and the power of five Saiyans or something. Let's see, because we've got Trunks, Goten, Vegeta, Gohan, uh, and they needed one more. And then Videl, we find out Videl is pregnant in the movie with Gohan's child. So that becomes five, uh, which is Pan, right? So they didn't completely ignore everything from GT because they still have a little girl and they still name her Pan, I believe. So that's one of the things they did keep from GT. Uh, but yeah, so they give all their power to Goku and he becomes the Super Saiyan God, which they covered them. They covered their tracks pretty well with this, because originally I was thinking, well, man, you mean to tell me all this time all they needed to do was give their power to Goku and he could have become a Super Saiyan God a long time ago. But they say, no, well, he needed five Saiyans. Yeah, so that was sort of a get out of jail free card in a way, even though if they had future trunks then they could have still done it, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so he becomes Super Saiyan God, this new level Super Saiyan, which, I don't know, still kind of it's still kind of weird because I became a pretty big fan of the blonde hair, you know, uh, being associated with these transformations, but I guess it's better than GT, maybe? Because Super Saiyan 4 and GT, if you remember that, was like long black hair, uh, fur, and like their tails grew back and stuff. I mean, it's it's not the worst design, it actually, I mean, it actually doesn't look that bad. It's just the execution, I think, is what kind of killed all of that. But anyway, this is what we get instead. So that happens in the movie. Um, and God, it, 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 becomes, it becomes apparent after a while that Beerus is not going to necessarily be one of these villains that just gets destroyed at the end of the movie because he's like way more powerful than any of them could even imagine being and that's crazy to think right because we've already gotten to the point where these characters can pretty much destroy the whole damn universe if they wanted to <laughs> you know and to think that there's like a character that's mo even more powerful than that well i don't know one thing I, I i i hope with dragon ball super is that they don't get too out of control with the powers anymore because at this point these these characters are already ridiculously strong I mean, they're so strong already. <laughs> so, and then we get this God of Destruction who can pretty much blink his eye and destroy like a whole solar system. It's like, okay, really? Like, how do you even begin to compare powers like that? But he, he you can tell he's just going to kind of, he kind of becomes an ally. I mean, that's more or less the, the whole point of Battle of Gods. Highlights, uh... I don't know. It was really just kind of like a really long episode, you know, more than anything. We get to see this new side of Vegeta that never really existed. I mean, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because all of a sudden he's like cracking jokes and stuff. But if you think about why he was doing it, because he knew that if they pissed off Beerus, he would destroy the Earth. I guess it kind of makes a little bit more sense. 
Uh, but I enjoy Battle of Gods much more with the Bruce Falconer music. So, you know, go to the Facebook page, uh, which I will give you in a little bit if you want to see that. Now, quickly, I want to talk about Resurrection F. Um, when I first heard about this movie, I don't know, man. For me, it's kind of a stretch. <laughs> Every time they decide to bring Frieza back, I'm like, I mean, how many times are we going to do this? It didn't happen a bunch, but I, I mean, obviously it happened before. Except the first time he wasn't dead. But this time he was actually dead and they still found a way to bring him back. Um, and not only that, the it's still it's still a little bit of a stretch to think that Frieza would even be anywhere near as powerful as these other characters have become in the meantime. I mean, the last time we saw Frieza, he got wiped out by Super Saiyan level one future trunks. And now all of a sudden he comes back and he's he's stronger or strong as a Super Saiyan God, Goku and Vegeta. I mean, I I don't know that. I mean, and they tried to explain it. They brought him back and then I don't know. He went and trained for a couple months and all of a sudden he's as strong as Super Saiyan God. That was a bit that was kind of a stretch for me. It's like these characters have evolved so much since Frieza, you know, Goku went level two in some forms, Ascended Saiyan, and then he went level three, and then he went God, and like, and Frieza shows up, and months, after a, month of, a couple months of training, he's like got this super golden Frieza mode. I mean, I kind of enjoyed the movie for what it was, but since I think they're going to be making that canon, it still kind of rubs me the wrong way, because I'm like, really, Frieza? You know, yeah, he's still my favorite villain, but it's not the same Frieza, it's not even the same voice actor. Uh, which the voice wasn't bad, but it's not the same voice actor. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a stretch for me, but, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because, um, you know, we get these, man, we get blue haired saying super Saiyans now in this movie. <laughs> and unless I missed something, there's not really a good explanation for that. Other than the fact that Goku learned how to tap into the God mode without, needing the power of the other Saiyans. So I guess it manifests itself differently because of that. So now he's super Saiyan God, but his hair is blue. And not only that, Vegeta can do it too. And there was really no sort of explanation why Vegeta could do it unless I missed something. I haven't seen every single thing. I mean, like I said, man, there are, there are Japanese movies out there that they released that I probably haven't seen. It gets kind of hard to keep up with all this stuff. But that's pretty much what happens there. So if you're wondering why Goku has blue hair now, like in the artwork for this podcast, um, it happens in Resurrection F. So check that. You're not going to get a super detailed explanation of why that is, but it happens. Um, so, yeah. So that, I mean, that pretty much brings us on the Dragon Ball Super, which from what I understand, you know, is going to encompass what happened in these two movies to some extent. Um, but I think it retells the story in the same, I will find out, you know, if I come on here for the, for episode one of rock the dragon podcast, and I'm talking about the same stuff that happened in battle of gods, then I guess we'll, we'll have an idea of what happened with that. Uh, so I think I may have touched upon everything that I meant to, if I didn't, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of talking. And I don't, like I said, I don't really have many notes or anything here. So, you know, some of the things that I'm looking forward to 
with Dragon Ball Super is I hope it doesn't get too ludicrous. I hope they can kind of stay in some sort of a believable sort of realm with this because, you know, it, Dragon Ball Z did get pretty outlandish at times. Uh, Dragon Ball GT was even worse <laughs> with that. But we do have to set some kind of rules in this universe. We can't keep changing the rules, can't keep changing how many wishes you get with the Dragon Balls, and, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it, you know, I feel like the writers used to just kind of write themselves out of, you know, like they, instead of thinking of a clever way to get out of something, they would just say, oh, no, on second thought, uh, you get two wishes this time because of this. I mean, you know, let's get some set rules in the Dragon Ball universe. You know, so that it's not just this convenient thing. It's like, oh, we can take a sensu bean or we can go in a hyperbolic time chamber because then it's not consistent, right? Because the next time they get into a big fight, you're going to be like, well, why didn't they just go into the hyperbolic time chamber? And, you know, the time chamber could be destroyed for all I know. I, f I forget. I really do forget what happened in the Boo saga. So, you know, maybe some of that stuff's different. But the sensu bean was always sort of this sort of get out of jail free card. That they can just kind of pull out and say, oh, here you go. Now, well, now you're better. Well, then why don't we always have sensory beings? Why don't we just keep them with us? This is what I'm saying. From a writing standpoint, you know, when you create a device like that, you got to be very careful, right? Because then everybody's going to be like, well, why didn't they just use this? Or why didn't they just do that? You know, so you need to set rules and limitations in your universe because it'll make your story better. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that after 20 years, now they'll they realize that okay we don't need stuff like that maybe we can just kind of find a better way of telling this story um i'm looking forward to seeing what my favorite characters have been up to you know i mean obviously i kind of got somewhat of an idea in, in battle of gods and resurrection f um i'm looking forward to seeing new characters that's one of the coolest things about dragon ball z is meeting new people uh and and creatures uh, over time, I'm looking forward to seeing some more iconic villains. Hopefully, like I said, I have seen some photos. I know, I know, there's like a version of Goku, uh, like he has like a doppelganger or something that looks just like him, but has black hair and I don't know. <laughs> but I, I can't wait to find out what that is and what's going on in that scenario. Hopefully, you guys are looking forward to that too, and hopefully, you're willing to stick with me through this. Hopefully, this podcast can really turn into something. Um, but I, I, I need your feedback. I need to know that we're, we got something interesting to talk about. Once again, I'm apologize for the lack of quality here. I'm sure it's probably even gotten worse since I've been sitting here talking about it. I also had a cold for like a week, so I'm trying to recuperate from that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume right now that you will be finding this podcast on iTunes because that's the most logical place that I would put it. I'm going to also try to get it on Stitcher.com. So if you listen to Republic City Report or Geekly Dose, um, you know, both of those podcasts were on those. Although I did have a problem. Um, and this is I, this is something I wanted to point out much earlier in the episode is that uh, Geekly Dose get, did get deleted at one point. Um, not by iTunes, because that's not the way it works. Anybody who knows anything about podcasts, you know that there are external sites that host your recordings and your files, and then you submit that via, via a feed to iTunes and other outlets. Um, but the site that was hosting those, I don't know, it, they did something and they got erased. Uh, both podcasts, Geeklitos and Republic City Report. Now, while we did put them back up, 
I lost all the ratings and comments and reviews that I had for those podcasts. So if you if you go now, it's going to look like a brand new podcast because it's probably not going to be many ratings or reviews there. Um, and that really sucked because <laughs> Republic City Report was doing very well on iTunes. And, you know, I lost a lot of reviews and ratings that I had up there for that. Hopefully I won't have that problem with this. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to ask, you know, obviously if you enjoy this, go to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. I mean, there's no better way to make something like this successful and popular and allow me to be able to do it and do it to the best of my ability than you guys sharing it and talking about it and rating it high ratings on iTunes. So please, by all means, do that. Now, with Republic City Report, I did make a Facebook page for that. It was facebook.com slash Republic City Report. Um, that page did not do very well, which is strange because the podcast was pretty was 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 pretty popular. You know, I had no shortage of emails and downloads on that weekly. But for some reason, the, the Facebook page thing never really took off, I guess. Um, I didn't get many likes on that, so I didn't post anything. I mean, if you know anything about Facebook pages, unless you pay extra money, people don't really see your posts. So I wasn't going to spend put money into that when there was only 14, 15 likes or something like that on it. I mean, thank goodness for the people who did, and I appreciate you doing that. But there will be one for this podcast. But unless it gets a big response, it's not going to be that active, you know. But right now, that's going to be your way for getting in touch with me in regard to this podcast. So if you want to go to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast, that is going to be your way to email me, message me, leave me comments, and then I can come on the show and we can talk. I'll read your your messages on the air. That's going to be the best way to do it. So go over to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast, like that page, and then we can really get this thing moving and we can have a cool Dragon Ball Super community over there. We can talk. Uh, I can talk about things there that I won't mention on the podcast. Just maybe little extra bonus things like that. I will definitely make it worth your while, but you have to like that page. Not, not only that, I have a page, Tim Bridgewater Geek, T-I-M. B-R-I-D-G-E-W-A-T-E-R. That is my name. Republic City Report listeners know me as Tim Bridgewater Bender. That is a name that I use over there just to kind of make it more fun because Waterbenders was a thing that existed. I couldn't find a way to tie it into Dragon Ball Z, though. Dragon Ball Super. Uh, but go there. Because once I mentioned my YouTube channel earlier, I'm about to unleash this wave of new content. Okay, as soon as I get stabilized. I've already been working on it. Better production value. There's actually, uh, I didn't mention this, but I made an action figure music video a couple months back. Uh, it's like a motion comic book, but it's also a music video, but it also has action figures and also it also has some live action in it. You should check that out. It's called Red, R-E-D, Red, a motion comic with action figures. You will find that over at Tim Bridgewater Geek Facebook page, as well as Tim Bridgewater Geek YouTube. So go over there and subscribe. There's a lot of cool stuff to see. And there's certainly a lot of cool stuff coming. So I want you guys to make sure you are able to do so uh, and, 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 and go and check that out. 
uh, I think that about does it for episode zero of Rock the Dragon, a super, <laughs> oh gosh, this is what happens when you've been talking for like over an hour with no break. Rock the Dragon, the Dragon Ball Super podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, we can we can have a lot of fun here. Um, I know my Republic City Report listeners had a lot of fun. I hope to keep doing this, but obviously I got to get a reasonable response from it. You know, if if after 10 episodes, no one's listening, I can't promise I'll keep doing it. Um, so by all means, if you're listening, let me know. Go over to that page, leave me a comment, like it, share, all of that good stuff. I'd love to talk more about this with you guys. Looking forward to Dragon Ball Super. Looking forward to all of it. Um, that's about it, guys. My voice is pretty much leaving me now. So until next time, for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater, and I will see you next time.